Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience, where she's still shuffling papers. <laughs> hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Good afternoon and happy Friday. I'm doing okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm doing beautiful, great. Beautiful weather here in the state of Washington today, so we're and enjoying our spring, even even with the quarantine. We uh, we're doing good here. We're going to be in the mid 80s. So uh, for the next week or so, that's nice. Sun, sunshine. Roasty uh, toasty. Still don't need AC. <laughs> that's a good thing. You know. So and, and it's also a question mark here. Will uh, AC increase our uh, COVID-19 risks? So that's a, a, an hmm. interesting uh, thing because he kills this uh, virus. Right. So that's a, I mean, you know, it, it might be 90 or something outside, but if we've got our AC jacked up, that could be a problem. Hmm. Just, just saying something to think about. Of course, I don't know if our governor will think about it, but we'll, <laughs> we'll make, we will see what, uh, you know, how that uh, turns out. Um, people may have noticed there has been an increase in the news uh, uh, recently. There were people in, in the very beginning uh, in March, especially what we call our beginning in March. We should Our beginning should have been in January. But uh, like in New York saying, look, incarcerated people are a very vulnerable population. There's no social distancing. Uh, you know, there's there's no way that you can uh, stay in place. Well, you, you, yeah, you can stay in place because you're in prison. But uh, it, it's really, uh, really an issue. And I know that um, North Carolina has been um, in the news of late and um uh, uh, I they had a, I think this was just a couple of days ago, the uh, North Carolina State Prison uh, COVID-19 uh, outbreak had spread to approximately 150 inmates. Uh, there's a I I looked at something on uh, YouTube this morning too, of a guy who escaped from prison because he um, and he's hiding out, but he was talking on uh, YouTube. Uh, he's in his 50s. Uh, he has a um, an immune system uh, pr issue. And he said, you know, doing his time is one thing, but it shouldn't be a death sentence. And uh, I don't blame him. Uh, you know, he's like, I, it's not that I'm just trying to run away from prison, but I don't think I should be uh, given a death sentence because I've committed a crime. And I think that the issue that we have um, gosh, this is so bad that I can't remember, uh, Rainbow, uh, he's a, a minister in New York, uh, been a, a political activist for years and years, and I remember hearing him at the beginning of, uh, March, um, you know, saying, listen, we have to look out for, uh, the prison populations. I'm going to address a little bit later the immigration, uh, issues too, but we have a guest on today who was just released from prison in Washington State on Saturday. Uh, not because it was an early release, but because it was the date they had to release him. And I would like to welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good, and you? Doing really great. Uh, so you were released on Saturday. And uh, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to congratulate you because you are uh, talking to us on your lunch hour at the job that you secured a couple of days ago. So good for you. Thank you. Good for you. I mean, and what do you think, Eric? You get, you get out on Saturday and you have a job on Tuesday. That's fantastic. That's good. Good news. And uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this is somebody that I know and I'm very close to. Uh, but... Uh, this is, I say, I always said you went to you went to prison because you were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is that is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Drugs, um, and so you have been clean and sober for um, how long? A year and a half. Fourteen months. Fourteen months. That's that's a that's that's good. Now it's a little more difficult where you are now, but you can do this, can't you? 
Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think about it anymore. That in itself is a good thing, as long as you're, you know, following through and getting the support you need and doing the things you need to do. But the reason you're on the show today is not so I can say I'm I'm proud of you for doing the right thing, is to say what the conditions were. Um, <clears throat> you were in Shelton, correct? Yeah, WCC. Okay, what does that mean when you say WCC? Um, Washington Correction Centers. It's um it's the hub. So anyone in any in in the state of Washington goes to that that place first. So once they get sentenced. They ship them out a couple of days later, and they all go to that place. I just was, um, I went there, and then I got um, into general population. Okay. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Well, they, they said they, you could go to general population, or you could go to Monroe or um, Cedar Creek or other prisons, but um, I got to stay there at the uh, facility, but separated um, and because they have a uh, short-term minimum and long-term minimum, so I was in Evergreen and a uh, short-term minimum. Okay, so um, you spoke to me uh, previously regarding. Um, I remember uh, you said that there were some um, people that had come from King County that tested positive. Yeah, they. Um, so the the reason why I know that is because they have. Um, they give out jobs there, so you get paid um, fifty-five dollars a month uh, to do some work and stuff. So um, they brought they brought a bus of inmates in, and these buses are so confined and um, so what? There's I'm no, sorry. They're so confined, so there's no way um, there's no way you could just keep away from somebody. There's you know, and it, it's a small bus, so. Um, two pe- two people came in and they they had it and then not only that they made they made one of the um, the porters the inmates that uh, a porter worker um, clean the bus afterwards and then shortly after that um, like probably about a week later uh, we're walking back from um, this is when when they were still open uh, walking back from the cafeteria. Uh, mainline and um, usually you don't see this because if you get in trouble you go to IMU which is intensive management unit and so you have these two inmates come walking out of medical with face mask on and the seals escort uh, escorting them and he's wearing gloves and a face mask and keeping away from them and we're like you know this, this okay. can, can I interrupt you just one minute what uh-huh. kind of face masks were the inmates, and this was a guard with them? It, it, he was, uh, yeah, the, the officer, yeah. Okay, what kind it, of in, uh, masks were the three of them wearing? N92s. Okay, so they didn't they they didn't have the N95s on. They had the, oh, uh, it was N95s. Yes. yes okay. Okay. Awesome. Good. All right. So good. The reason I ask that question is those are the, the every other mask protects the world from you, but it doesn't protect. You know. Um, wait a minute. I'm saying this wrong. <laughs> you, you're confined. You can't spread anything you have with that. But um, but. Uh, you're not protected, but the N95s they protect everybody. So I'm that is that is good news that they use those particular masks. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted they, to make sure. They and then um, a couple weeks after that, the, or uh, maybe it was like a couple days uh, or a week, they shut down the prison. And what I mean by that is they stopped the visits coming in. They started quarantining everybody. And then um, after a couple of days, people started getting sick, and um, anybody. How many like people they, were getting sick? Um, there was quite a few. At least in my tier, there was about five or six, and they were yanking people out. You know, they were like, and they were trying to be weird. It was weird because they were trying to be like between the officers. They're like, hurry and go grab that one. Hurry and go grab that one, and. They're not. They're not cleaning. They they're hiring people to um, clean at night, which doesn't help because everybody uses the same phone. Everybody goes to the JPay and kiosk. So um, 
Now tell hey. people what the JPay is. Um, JPay is a thing that you could, uh, it's a system where you could go on and email your friends and family or you could download music, um, stuff like that. And the kiosk is where you get messages to your counselor or sergeant or anybody like that and check your release date and stuff like that and see if you have money on your books and whatnot. Okay, so basically, and weren't you, wasn't that your job to clean rooms? I was a IMU porter, and this is where, you know, they. I, I, I stopped working there because they were quarantining <laughs> people there, <laughs> and um, I was getting released in a couple of weeks, and so I put my two weeks in, I worked a week, and then they started moving people over there, and I was like, I'm not going to go over there and clean a room, especially because um, they will not tell you if someone was sick in that room. They won't, you know, they won't. That notified, like, because I would refuse to clean a room if someone was sick in there. But I had stopped working, and I was like, "You, they couldn't write me up." Well, I mean, they could have, but they, they. It I wasn't that about forty-five cents a day that you were making. Yeah, it was. Forty-five cents a day is really not worth your life, is it? No, no, it's not. And not, it's not. Not only that, it's not worth the, the people that I knew in there, my my cellmate and everything like that, and um. You know, they, they, there's no social distancing, distancing in that place. I mean, you have a person sleeping right above you, and you know, you go to the bathrooms, and you guys are right next to each other. And I mean, the phones are lined up right next to each other. And the day I left, they just started putting plastic uh, things um, to to separate the phones, but they're like they're only sneeze guard partial. kind of things, What's like. That? Like sneeze guard sort of things, like plastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they they were only going up to the um the the table, and that doesn't really help anything. And nobody's wiping down the phones, and everybody's using the phones. So. Okay. So basically, what you're telling um, us is that uh, you have a highly vulnerable population um, who. Uh, it's not being protected. Uh, the guards are going in and out. Are they testing the guards and the prisoners? Are they testing anybody? No, they're, they're not testing anybody. They're just grabbing people and, that are sick and um, quarantining them. And, you know, one, we got a piece of paper and they posted it on the wall and they walked uh, back and forth down the tier handing them out to each door. And um, they, it said that there's been a couple confirmed cases um, and then um, also at a work release and stuff like that, right? And then uh, like a couple of days before I left, the night shift, the first shift came on and they were handing out those same papers, but the, they're lying to the inmates. They're not telling us, you know, um, that the, the virus is there and that, you know, that like that when they're handing out those papers, they're all wearing masks now. Like all of a sudden, the the officers are starting to wear masks in the in the in the prison, and they weren't before. They just can. I, let me ask you a question here. So you were released on on the on last Saturday, which was the eleventh. Uh, yeah. Um, the at that point. The guards had just begun to wear the N95s, right? Yeah, yes, and not only the the paper that they handed out was saying that those are expired N95 masks. Expired? What does that mean? Like they're past their their good day, I guess. Like, uh, like, like I I don't know if the the same thing, but like the it said that they were they're handing out expired N95 masks to the um, officers. And so the officers are getting masks, but of course none of the inmates are. Yeah, none of the inmates are. Not okay. even the sick inmates are getting masks. None of them. The, the only time I've seen the inmates wearing masks is with those two uh, inmates coming out of medical with the guard ex escorting them. Did you um, tell me about them going in and grabbing two guys? Yeah, they. Um, one guy was really sick, and they grabbed him, and they quarantined him. They grabbed his celly, and they're like, the his, whoever his celly talked to, they grabbed that guy too. Okay, so basically it's very random. They're not doing anything until they're not testing anybody. They're not testing the guards or the prisoners. Is that correct? 
Right. And then when I left, um, the only setup that I saw was uh, the seals that come in, they take their temperature and that's it. Well, that's something, but yeah. you don't you don't start running a temperature uh, until you've been sick for a week, I, is my understanding. I mean, I don't, you know, is that Eric? Does that sound right to you? That well, uh, there's a you know there's a, a lot of different scenarios. I guess uh, some people right. just don't have symptoms at all. Some people do, right. you know. So. It's it's really hard to tell without testing who hasn't and who doesn't. Correct. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, what else can you can you tell us about? Uh, and I'm saying that if it's happening in Shelton, it's happening in all the prisons. Right. And they 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 are doing so bad that they had a riot in Monroe prison and that was on the news. OK, so what when when was the riot? Um, that was uh, during the same week that I had left, I believe. Yeah, okay. it was. So things have gotten really bad. So you have a very stressed population. <laughs> right. And then what the, the officers the officers don't understand is that um, that you know they they've stopped everything. They've stopped the schools. They've stopped. You know, they're they're bringing these people who are. Um, they don't use, we don't use our words, you know, like that's one thing that happens in there. So like, not only are people getting sick, but uh, fights are, are breaking out a lot more. And, you know, it's just, um, it's a lot, it's a lot worse than, than before. What you're so. saying is, is you have a lot of uncivilized people all crammed together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to civil discourse is not yeah. on the top of no. the table and and they're, and they're not going to go talk to an officer if they have a problem <laughs> no they're gonna they're gonna do as a direct action is, that, is right. that a good way of putting it exactly so violence is increasing fear is increasing um you have a population that is not you know, most of the people, I'm not saying everybody, but most of the people that are in prison um, were drug involved to self-medicate uh, because uh, they had pretty unhappy lives. And because they were not happy campers to begin with on the outside, they ended up in prison. Is that? I mean, I'm oversimplifying. I realize that. But that's pretty, pretty uh, accurate description. Yeah. So... In your personal opinion, having just, I mean, we're talking less than a week. Well, you're, you're at a week right now. But uh, in a week of being away from that, um, I know that one of the things you had told me that you had to move off the bed and sleep on the floor because the bed was too soft. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to adjust. Um, even the pillow, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and um, my neck was hurting, my head was hurting just because the pillow was too soft. So, I mean, they <laughs> practically have I, the mat so thin that they and they're so used that you're practically sleeping on the floor. So it was more comfortable for you to get out of bed and lay on the floor. Yeah, after being um, in that situation for 14 months, I kind of got used to a hard surface. See, I find that that's in interesting to me because of the way we habituate as human beings, how quickly we can we can shift um, how we look. So are you sleeping in the bed now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to find some levity here. But, uh, yeah, this is a very serious situation. This is very serious because you have um, one of the things uh, – We've noticed, like here in Arizona, we've talked considerably about uh, the increase in domestic violence. When you have a stay-at-home order, uh, domestic violence has increased, and they're uh, now recommending somebody who's a victim of domestic violence to text 911 instead of trying to call uh, to get help, that they'll help them, they'll get them out, don't worry about the, the money, but they'll get you out of that. Uh, so if, if, it, you know, if out here, where we're, where stay-in-place orders are taking place, and you have more freedom because you have a whole house, you still, I mean, you can go to the grocery store, you know, you can go to, like, Home Depot or Office Max. I've been to both of those places. Uh, and they're being very careful that you keep six feet apart, you know. 
Um, I, there are some people that just will zip right past you, you know, at, at, like uh, six feet, buddy. But um, um, you don't have those options in prison, do you? No, we don't. And um, they, they, we, we don't have very much options in there, and the the seals don't help us, and um, they're really not our friends. They. Yeah. we can't there's not much programs that much in there and um also if you have if your erd is soon but you what still is have, uh, erd it's an early release date but you can't get an early you can't get out early unless you have an address but you can't get into certain programs like parenting classes and you can't get into drug treatment classes um, unless you have a long time but if you have a early release date they're like oh you don't have that much time but you don't get released unless you have an address like i could have been out in december if i got had got an address approved and everything like that but i didn't and so i had to stay till april which is my max date which is the longest they could hold me which because I, I got sentenced to uh 14 uh 13 months and a third off of that is um about nine months or so and so you get a third off you know in king county anyway and so um it's like these programs that are meant there to help these people, they're not allowed to get them because of that early release date. And you might get an address, but you might not. But, oh, well, if you don't get this treatment. Yeah, and you and you know that you you know you needed drug treatment, and that was something you, you really basically begged them to give you. Yeah, I, I tried to get into it, and, um, I, and I still do. I mean, I, I may not have... Um, I, I may not crave it, and I may not want it anymore, or anything. But I still, what what caused me to use in the first place? What you know, I still have issues that are unresolved that I would like to figure out, you know. And so, um, I I still need treatment, you know. Um, just because I've been clean that long doesn't. I it just the the, the scenario of me getting arrested. It just woke woke me up when I woke up in the hospital. So it's like a light bulb went on inside my head. I'm like, I got a problem. <laughs> It took, it took getting uh, um, injured, shall we say, shot and ending up in the hospital uh, in a confrontation with police officers for you to, oh, I may have a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. I said for early on, you're there because you were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. you, anybody can change. And so there's two stories here. There's, there's what's going on in the prisons and what we need to do as you know, human beings to think of just because somebody has done something stupid and is in prison should not mean a death sentence. And it shouldn't mean a death sentence for the people who are the COs, the, the guards. They shouldn't uh, be put in that kind of danger either. I mean, neither the prisoners nor the COs should be in that position. And you're right. They're not your friends. This is the job they do. This is, you know, a job. They're not your buddies. They're there. This is, you are an aspect of their job. The reason that they're there is to guard you. Right. Correct? And, you know, yeah, yes, that's, that's very true. But, you know, at the end of the day, this government, uh, and I say this government because they say that they, they incarcerate people because of public safety and the crimes they did. But at the end of the day, what are you doing to help rehabilitate these people? They just, we're just paychecks to them. We're just money because they could tax, they could get money, you know, from taxes and all that stuff to pay for this. And it's just a, um, a revolving door because you're not getting these people help and, and they're just going to get out and, you know, do the same thing that they were doing when they got out and they got arrested. Correct. Except you're no. not going to do that. No, no, of course not. I mean, um, <laughs> that that was my first time in prison. But I mean, I just um, I I want I have a lot of things to look forward to, um, put it that way, and a lot of goals that I didn't realize I had, and a lot of dreams that um, got blocked away from the drugs. So not only did the drugs block away any pain or hurt that I had, but they also blocked away uh, any dreams that I had. You know. That uh, that's huge, that's huge, and uh, it's not something that you want to um, 
give up any any longer. I would like to add one thing. One of the things you had told me, uh, and and you can speak to this, is that you met, uh, you have native roots, and you uh, met uh, native brothers in there who uh, got you into sweats, uh, and that started you on on another road too, didn't it? Yeah. um, Well, you know, prison is very segregated, so you kind of... um you kind of stick with your own people. Um, so um, I was with the Native Americans, and they um, they kind of, you know, they look out for each other. So um, they you go to, we're allowed, because it's a religious thing, um, to go to sweat. And um, we we have our fire going and our uh, the Nipi and everything like that. And um, they've, you know, it, it helps. You know, they've got me back to the roots. They've got me back to, you know, a different understanding than, than um, what was what Christianity or anything like that. You know, so I just have a different outlook on a lot of things um, because you know we're all part of you know one planet and everything in this in this planet is alive and it gives up its life force so that way we could, you know, eat and you know stuff like that. I think the and and uh, they also taught you to bead. Yeah, bead. I learned to to bead, and um, you know, I I learned to draw and everything like that. So, so in in a way, for you, this was an awakening and something that uh, you you found out. You just, a lot of self discovery happened for you being in prison. Yeah, it did. Uh, but we. At the end of the day, I think that we we make our – even though I wasn't allowed to do the programs that I believe that I needed, but I'm able to do those out here. But I think it would help me a lot while I was in there so that way I don't get released the way I, you know, the way I did without, you know, those helps. But I also read self-help books and stuff, at least as far as the drug addiction goes, and I went to NA and everything like that. But, you know, um, I, I think that, you know, it – it depends on if you really want to change or if, you know, I mean, some people, I guess, are stuck in their own ways or they just, you know, have a different mindset. And you you feel as a, uh, you know, as a newly released prisoner that uh, if uh, rehabilitation was a priority, uh, it would prevent people from uh, recidivism, right. meaning going and, back. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if the if they were really concerned about the public safety, they would be more they, that. Yeah, of course, you could do the crime. You got to do the time, but they would be more worried about let's get this person fixed. Let's 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 work with this with this person. Let's try to get these people fixed while we have the time with them, instead of right. sending them back out into the community to commit a crime or a greater crime and hurt more people. So. The system that we have in place right now is failing us, I think, and I believe that, you know, because I've met so many people in there that have been there five, six, ten times. Yeah, and they and it's it's home to them. Right, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's a home that is, and and my one of my big issues is, is that that every time somebody uses a phone, that phone should be cleaned. Yeah, and they they don't. That phone should be wiped down. You know, every time somebody goes to the kiosk, that kiosk should be wiped down. So they're not they're not uh, following any of the the rules of. And the other issue is, how about soap? Do you, what what uh, what are you being given in the way of of soap so that you are washing your hands continuously? Um, That's what we're told to do out here. Usually, um, in the in the bathroom, they have a soap dispenser, and they just uh, I'm not too sure what kind of soap they put in there, um, but it's just foam soap, and so we just press it and wash our hands. But you know, there's a lot of people. It's not antibacterial. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, maybe it might be, but I'm not too sure because you know, a lot of people have bad habits. So I've seen a dozen people. I I, I have to watch who washes their hands and who doesn't because. I might, you know, end up having to grab a salt shaker or something like that. And if I see this guy <laughs> grab the salt shaker and he doesn't, and I'm, you know, having to touch my food after that, you know, or 
Um, yeah. I just watch who washes their hands, and a lot of people, uh, some people don't wash their hands, but there are a lot do, but I, I try to wash my hands after I go to the gym, um, whenever I go out, or because most of the time, I, I after a certain point in there, and I was about to get released, and, and they started, they stopped going to the cafeteria and bringing food to ourselves and everything like that, um, I just stayed in my room and watched TV. <laughs> Which you find pretty boring, huh? Yeah, yeah, I guess I got my relaxed time and it's time to work and get my priorities straight and reach my dreams. Well, um, I'm here to say thank you very much for taking your lunch hour, uh, your few minutes, your lunch half hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> your lunch half hour with us. I appreciate you doing that. Um, and uh, I hope you'll get a chance to eat something. Um I want to wish you really well, and I want to congratulate you on recognizing that you need things to to make your life work for you, and that uh, you're going to do that. I hope you continue the beating so that when things like powwows and, and other shows and things continue in a few months, uh, whenever that you know whenever we can we can go back to whatever is whatever is normal. Uh, or the change, a new normal could happen for us, that you'll be able to use those skills that you learn and that you uh, increase the level of skill that you have to um, uh, use the that beating to do some good stuff. Yeah, um, thank you. And I will. All right. Luck to you. I hope everything goes well, and uh, I'm 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 very happy that you have such a positive attitude. I uh, try to learn to sleep in a bed, uh, if at all possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but good luck, honey. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. Oh, uh, hey, Eric. That was very informative, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Inside so, scoop. Um, so to speak, the inside scoop. And I think being able to talk to somebody who was actually there, not just somebody who talks about it, you know, mm -hmm. from data and so forth, but somebody who's, who's there, who I think gave a very clear, concise report. Yeah. You know, uh, this whole, this whole pandemic has really brought up a lot of, uh, you know, failings in our, yes. in our systems and uh, hopefully the silver lining coming out of it will be that we make the reforms that a lot of people have been, you know, sounding alarms <laughs> for a long time. But, but exactly. people haven't necessarily paid attention to them. But now they are. And so hopefully some positive changes will be made coming out of this. That That's my hope anyway. That's my hope, too. And, and I want to discuss that more after we take our break, because there's a lot to lot to talk about uh, about immigrants and and their inability to to separate and about, you know, uh, what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, and you know, the dynamics of government. Uh, you, and uh, there's a lot of issues. Um, and, and I think that uh, we, we've got a lot more to talk about when we come back from great from break. Uh, this is Susan Harmon of Susan Harmon Experience She coming to you on Alternative Talk Radio, KKNW. Stay tuned for more fascinating information. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes Shepard Siegel. He'll be talking about the disruptive play of the Beat Generation and how they relate to us in 2020. On Saturday, we play DJs for a day along with DJ Nathan, the tall guy, with music for sheltering in place. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. 
Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, uh, where we were just uh, interviewing a, uh, um, a person, a human being, uh, who was released from prison on Saturday and uh, was telling us uh, the case in the state of Washington. And I had mentioned at the beginning that uh, there was outbreak of COVID-19 in North Carolina, and approximately 150 inmates uh, have uh, tested positive. The problem is they aren't testing everybody. And uh, they're saying, oh, well, they're putting them in isolation, and they're sending additional medical staff. I'm just sorry. they're not doing enough, and they're not doing it fast enough. Over 2 million incarcerated people face the brunt of massive human rights abuses. I mean, these are massive human rights abuses. The conditions have only worsened under Donald Trump, and organizers both inside and outside the prison system are fighting relentlessly for criminal justice reform and the humane treatment of incarcerated people. Uh, it gets even worse for those under the, quote, care, unquote, of ICE. Attorney General William Barr, who is no progressive, uh, he's ordered the release of some medically vulnerable inmates from federal prisons. And sheriffs released thousands of jail inmates to minimize the risk of COVID-19 outbreaks. Uh, There have been no similar efforts made by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's ICE, uh, which they hold more than 35,000 detainees, uh, the majority of which, 60%, 60% of ICE ICE detainees have no criminal record. uh, They're detained over only a civil immigration violation. Now, one of the things that we should definitely make note of, these are for-profit prisons, okay? So, for example, um, in, in in a holding prison, it's called a processing center, these are privately owned for-profit uh, prisons. There's a young woman, her name is Romero, 27. She's a Cuban immigrant who'd been held in custody for eight months since requesting asylum in the USA. You know, people come here, the shining, the shining city on the hill to seek freedom. And instead, they get fascist thrown into prison. So she said in the process, it's impossible. You can't walk, eat, sleep while participating in social distancing. She said guards come and go out of the dorm without wearing masks or gloves. More than 70 detainees in the dorm share five bars of soap and no additional disinfectant or hand sanitizer has been provided at the facilities where some detainees have been isolated over fears of coronavirus. That's, Romero's, that's crazy to me. It's crazy. It's yeah. insane. They're killing these people. Well, you Romero, would think even if you didn't care about the human rights of the prisoners, you'd want to protect the, the employees. Yeah, exactly. And they, they can't be protected if the prisoners all get corona. I mean, right. and, and and aside from corona, just your average everyday sicknesses that can be prevented exactly. by, exactly. you know, being able to wash your hands properly. I mean, come on. Yeah, diseases that we have some herd immunity to, and we have no herd immunity to this disease. Right. Okay, that's it. And we don't know when we'll get herd immunity uh, with this. So when, when this girl says, we're terrified of dying, if people have the ability to go to the doctor or die, what's going to happen to us in here? Mm-hmm. This is this is humane. It, it doesn't... It, 
it's a lack of understanding of humanity. And for people to say things like that guy in Texas who said, was it the assistant attorney general that old people needed to die? Uh, who thinks like that? Right. I mean, who, who thinks that way? Oh, and here's one you want to talk about who thinks that way? I will tell you. <laughs> hmm. Um. You may have heard, in fact, somebody told me yesterday, oh, yeah, the hydroxychloroquine, I can't say it right, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, this is the drug that uh, Donald Trump has been pushing like a snake oil salesman. Do you know why he's pushing it, right? Well, it— He has a financial stake in it. Yes, I was just going to say, it appears that him and his family— uh, yes, right. are invested they in it. And of, I, I think Rudy Giuliani is connected to it as well, and he's of the one course, that sold the president on, on this. Yeah. Right, right. It, and it's not proven. And what's interesting, I don't know if you saw this about the CIA on their website. They're telling their employees a strong warning against it because, okay, so about a week after Trump said of the drug that I think it could be, based on what I see, it could be a game changer. Yeah, more people could die of, of different reasons. Sure. Uh, so if your whole motive on everything you do is profit-based, you cannot be caring about the people. Uh, it says, at this point, the drug is not recommended to be used by patients except by medical professionals prescribing it as part of ongoing investigational studies. Investigational studies, folks. Uh, these are potentially there are potentially significant side effects, including sudden death, uh, cardiac, uh, sudden heart attack. You die associated with hydroxychloroquine. I my mouth just will not go in gear today. Well, there's already been one death from someone mm -hmm. taking that uh, chemical. Now, granted, it wasn't. Uh, prescribed to them by a, right. a, doctor. a doctor. Yeah, but he just listened to the president and yes, uh, decided the, to use it and, you know, unfortunately passed on. Well, you know, and and, he, and his wife became very ill, but yes. anyway, they, they were stupid. But uh, you shouldn't have to die because you're stupid. Right. Okay, so um, just like I told the ex-prisoner, you know, well, you're there because you were stupid, but shouldn't have to die. But here's what Trump also, said. Also, you shouldn't have the president giving out <laughs> medical advice when he has no uh, background clue. or clue to do so. Absolutely. But then when he says, well, what do you have to lose? Uh, it's your called life. your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, well, if you consider being alive as something to lose, then yeah. Right. Uh so, but here's another fascinating thing about um, the fearless leader. Uh, well, two things I'm going to bring up. But the first one is, you know, that there was that whole thing in uh, uh, Wisconsin where they would not allow them to delay the thing and do a mail-in and do mail-in ballots for right? the, the primary. Yes, for the primary. Well, what's fascinating is so people uh, had to go in the middle of a pandemic, pandemic and vote, to vote in person. Yes, in person, and which was entirely uh, unnecessary. What What's the largest city in Wisconsin? Um, I'm just blanking. Um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's right. Wisconsin. Yeah, only five polling places in the whole city. They cut it all down because they they didn't want it. Well, all seven of the justices that vote that said. Well, all seven of them did it, but the ones who um, said, oh, no, you should be able to go out and, and vote, they all seven of them voted absentee. It's just the, the two vo who voted to protect other voters from coronavirus by delaying the egg, uh, election, they weren't the hypocrites. The others were. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't want you to be able to vote absentee, but we're going to do it because it's not safe to go to the polls. And they had all voted at the polls previously. But they didn't want to go do that themselves. They just wanted to, to make people scared. Well, here's what's great. The, Donald Trump personalized this. Go vote for the – I'm blanking on the incumbent's name. But but anyway, on the – because the important thing about this election was it's for the state Supreme Court there in Wisconsin. So the one that was appointed by um, – what's his name? You know, there was a governor, uh, Scott. 
not Scott is his first name. Ding, 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 ding. You get a Cupid doll if you can name that governor. Um, Scott Walker. Thank you, Scott Walker. Not to be uh, confused by the uh, legendary singer of the same name that <laughs> unfortunately is no longer with us. No longer with us. Anyway, Judge Jill uh, Karakowski, I'm probably mur- bur- butchering that too, Karofsky. She won. She was the progressive who was, go- who was going on there against the incumbent. Right. 55 to 45. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of speculation that the, the reason why these conservatives wouldn't allow uh, people to vote absentee instead of in person is because they wanted this uh, election to take place. Uh, as, so a conservative would uh, continue to be on the court there. Um, and and then it, it backfired. It backfired on them because people are fed up. Well, a lot of people are. It's interesting, though. Uh, Rachel Maddow had on her show, she talked about um, uh, the uh, U.S. response to the coronavirus was the worst failed national response on Earth. Uh, she mentioned, this is just a few days ago, that there were 690,900 cases. I mean, there were 673,215 cases. As of today, there are 690,900 cases. Uh, and last week it was 34,384 deaths. As of today, it's 35,955 deaths in the United States. We have more cases and more deaths than any other country. Uh, I know that there are people saying, oh, they're, they're, they're attributing some people of dying of COVID-19 when it really isn't, that there were people that said they wanted to list the death as COVID-19 and and I'm like, okay, I need more information than some um, anecdotal thing. If if people are actually doing that, that's wrong. Uh, but I I need to know. Have you heard anything about that, Eric? No. <laughs> that so, sounds yeah. like more conspiracy theory nonsense. It does, to me. doesn't it? That's what it sounded like to me. But I don't want to dismiss it out of hand until I investigate and find out. Um, but there's another election coming up in Wisconsin, and they asked, please let people do mail-in ballots. And they will let them do it, but they have a strange system in Wisconsin. You have to take a, a photograph of your your voter registration. You have to get somebody else to sign off on your absentee ballot. I mean, I, I voted absentee in Washington State, and I voted absentee in Arizona. We Nobody all vote by mail in Washington State. Exactly. It works, well, now. it works perfectly. Yeah, but I'm saying back even back before we before Washington State it, sure. and it, before yeah. it went to all mail. Yeah, I voted right. absentee too. Absentee. Nobody asked you to do any crazy things. Right. And no. you have to do three backbends and run around the house once <laughs> and, <laughs> and sing a song while putting your finger on top of your head and going in a circle. No, I mean you didn't like, have to have a witness in a time when you can't go social distance. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. and, and meet other people. So, um, and I think that people are like, wait a minute, this is just, this is just crazy. But the interesting part is that, cause she's saying that, well, you know, uh, 48% of Americans still approve of Donald Trump, but that is coming according to the average of the most recent polls. I don't know what polls they use to come up with this. I'm finding it harder and harder to believe. I mean, I was just talking yesterday with a dyed in the wool Republican who detests Trump. He's almost quit being a Republican because of it. Mm-hmm. So when he uh, says, well, we need to quit funding the World Health Organization, that's insane. In the middle of a pandemic. In oh, the wow. middle of a pandemic, yeah. the organization that is helping the world, mm-hmm. you think that you should quit giving them money. Right. Uh, I, I mean, the, the logic is just so, so wrong. I mean, when I look at the world statistics, we are so out there. And quit blaming China for not telling us soon enough. Right. Okay. We had intelligence reports that told we had us back in December that this was in December. happening. December. Yes. That's right. But did we have a president who will not listen to the people whose profession? Right. <laughs> is to get give him this information which he ignores in lieu of watching fox news right 
it's, it's or even it's, more even more right wing alternatives. Right. Uh, who did he just give the medal to? The 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 Russian talk bomb? show. Yeah. Oh my God. So um, one of the things I have found very fascinating, and I and I think it's a really cool thing that is happening in our country. We have um, three states on the West Coast: California, Oregon, and Washington, who have joined together to come up with a plan. And we have seven states on the East Coast, and I can't name all of them. I know New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, four more. But they have <laughs> have <laughs> really bad, right? Very bad reporting here. But uh, there's uh, seven of them on that. And I think Massachusetts is the only Republican governor. The others are. But they represent like 38% of the uh, uh, economy in the United States, so it, you know that's that's getting up there. That's uh that's a lot of the economy. Uh, Texas and and Florida, uh, which are not participating, uh, they represent fourteen percent of the economy, which is a which is a big chunk. However, we really have to look at. Uh, what this what this means to us and how we and how we handle it. Uh, I liked what Newsom said. Look, we can't make political decision. You know, like we're going to open everything back up on the first of right. May. Well, this, you're talking about uh, Governor Gavin Newsom from California. California, and it, I thought it was really good. He said, uh, he said, get back to me in two weeks. I, I can't. We've got to look and see how these things, we can't do exact dates because we've got to see if there's a flattening and then a decline. So, so far we have not flattened anywhere that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. Um, but we then have to have a decline, you know, of Corona uh, hospitalization rates, a reduction in the number of people in intensive care unit beds. And a third factor about uh, determining the date would be building a workforce of healthcare workers who can trace coronavirus infections in order to isolate the infected. That yes. means testing. Right. So um, he's, and, and I found this interesting too, that he said, uh, he warned that Californians should prepare to enter a radically different realm where residents continue to wear masks and where they may be greeted at restaurants by waiters wearing masks and gloves with disposable menus in venues that, that, have, ha that have half as many tables. Local school officials would develop a new protocol, he said, for physical education classes and recess at school, as well as process, processes to deeply clean, and we talked about that in terms of the prison, and sanitize schools, parks, and playgrounds to keep infection rates down. You know, herd immunity is not a, a, an expression we hear very often, but it is important to know that we as a species have no resistance to this, uh, this virus. And we like to think of ourselves as we are the top dog in, the, in all the species on this planet, but we aren't. And so we have to expand testing. We have to co co uh, collaborate with academic, academia on therapies and treatments, and we need to redraw regulations to ensure continued physical distancing at private businesses and schools and develop new enforcement mechanisms uh, and, you know, the stay at home. Now, I and, and am we've just, just got 30 seconds here, so this right. has got to be concise. I'm just as anxious as anyone to get back to dancing out in the streets. But right now, today, I'm going to dance here at home, and I hope you do, too.